The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Nina Willen. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Mike Neeson. Mike is a 56-year-old double ostomate as a result of a stage 4 colorectal cancer diagnosis in the fall of 2008. Mike has been married to his wife, Patty, for 27 years, and they have two sons, Nicholas, a recent college graduate, and Benjamin, a junior in college. Mike recently retired from Anderson Windows after a 29-year career there. He spends his free time golfing, playing tennis, biking, and traveling. Mike and his wife are actively involved in fundraising for colon cancer research through the MKCCR Foundation. Mike also speaks to groups regarding living with ostomies and volunteers with cancer patients to help them deal with the cancer journey, including the effects of surgery, chemo, and radiation. Today we are discussing a day in the life with two ostomies. And Mike, I am so excited to meet with you today and talk about this. Well, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to participate. Awesome. So we mentioned in your bio that you have two ostomies. Correct. Tell us what types of ostomies and what disease led to those. I, as you said, I have two ostomies. I have a colostomy and a urostomy. Um, the disease that led to them in um, 2008, I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And so the colostomy is due to the colon cancer because my tumor was extremely low uh, in my rectum, and so when they removed the tissue, there wasn't going to be enough tissue really to hold in stool anymore. And so I knew right from the very beginning when I was diagnosed that I would have the colostomy. Uh, the urostomy uh, is due to the uh, 50 radiation treatments that I had, and so there was damage from the radiation treatments to my bladder, and it was going to be compromised, and I was probably going to have incontinence problems and things like that. So my two surgeons highly recommended that I have my uh, bladder removed, and that resulted in a urostomy. And how many years have you had your ostomies? It'll be eleven years this January. Okay, and were they? Did they both happen at the same time? Same like time. You said yeah. that it was the same time. Okay. Yeah, it, I had my surgery in January of '09. Okay. Um, I was diagnosed in uh, September tomorrow, September eighteenth. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, of '08. Okay. And so you had had the radiation and the chemo before. Right. The really, surgeries. as I said, I was diagnosed in September uh, 18th uh, of 2008. And so uh, starting early in October then, I had uh, 10 weeks of chemo, 10 weeks of radiation. Uh, really had uh, December off to let the swelling and some of the impacts uh, dissipate. And then I had my surgery in January of 2009. What are some of the initial challenges that you faced with two ostomies? Um, I, I think the biggest challenge is on my urostomy side. Um, I really require uh, a convex base or barrier, and I didn't know that. Um, and so I had some leaking problems on my urostomy side. And uh, that really leads into another one of the challenges. I didn't really have anywhere to go as far as a resource to ask questions. Mm -hmm. 
uh, anything like that. Uh, I think things have gotten better in the 11 years, uh, you know, with some places to turn to, but I really didn't, you know, the hospital wasn't uh, very helpful. Uh, my local doctors or clinics weren't. Um, so the two biggest challenges I would say really were, you know, not having a place to go for resources. And the really, the reason I needed to is because I was having those urostomy leaks mm -hmm. and, uh, that was a real challenge early on. So how did you find a solution for that? Um, it was recommended to me to go to um, uh, Ostomy Support Group. And, uh, you know, I'm a big advocate of those because there's people there who have had ostomies five years, 10 years, 30 years, you know, all different body types, male, female, different things like that. And so it was a, a great uh, spot for me to go to get some questions answered. And that's where I found out uh, from a gentleman there as I explained my problem uh, and really kind of looked at my uh, stomach where my urostomy is that uh, a moderately convex barrier uh, would contour to the shape. And since that time, I never had any issues. And so that, that was really uh, a godsend for me to get that convex barrier and, and to get uh, the answers I needed. Absolutely. And nobody knows what it's like more than somebody else. Right. You know, nothing against, group, so. uh, you know, surgeons, doctors, nurses, yeah. wound care nurses, but, you know, people who live with it day in and day out are absolutely, uh, you know, the best resource. Mm -hmm. Do you use a one-piece or a two-piece pouching system for your urostomy? For my urostomy, I use a, a one-piece. Okay. And that works. Have you tried a two-piece before? Um, uh, early on, I did. Uh, but, you know, for me, um, like I said, when I switched to the uh, convex, uh, I switched to a one-piece because I was having some leaking problems, as I mentioned. And, and really, with the two-piece, there was no reason for the two-piece. And I guess in my mind, a two-piece was just two places where potentially I could mm -hmm. have leaks since I was already experiencing them. So I thought, you know, instead of having a barrier in a pouch, if I just had it all in one, then theoretically there was only one spot mm -hmm. it could leak. And and it turned out to be a moot point. Like I said, I didn't really have any uh, leaking issues after I got that uh, right. convex barrier. But to answer your question, I use a, a one okay. piece. Okay. And then how about for the colostomy? For the colostomy, I use a, a two piece. Okay. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that works best for me. Um, I'm fortunate, as I mentioned earlier, my tumor was very, very low in my rectum. So like my upper GI and lower GI, I, I really have all of that. Um, so I really only have one bowel movement a day. Mm -hmm. So the two piece uh, works pretty well. You know, I think people, if they have ileostomies or they have very, very frequent bowel movements many, many times a day, if you have Crohn's colitis, some of the other things where a lot of your lower GI has been removed, uh, you're gonna have many, many bowel movements. And, and, you know, I'm not an expert, but I think then, you know, a one piece is probably a better option. Mm -hmm. But for somebody uh, with my circumstances, the, the two piece is much better because I can, uh, as I said, I might have one, maybe, you know, two bowel movements a day. I can just uh, take off the pouch, you know, and dispose of it quickly and put a new one on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, so I'm fortunate that I don't really, you know, some people with a one piece or, you know, as far as cleaning, unrolling, some of those things, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that, uh, you know, I don't uh, yeah. deal with that. Okay. So just to clarify for our audience, you use a closed end pouch Correct. with your, with your two piece for Correct. your colostomy. So you, so it's a disposable pouch that you yep. remove from the barrier, leave the barrier on your skin, remove that pouch, 
discard that, put a new closed pouch yep. on. And so literally, empty you know, pouch. I, I, I kind of kid people. I said, it, it probably takes me longer to wash my hands than actually, you know, to, to remove it, throw it in a disposable bag, pop a new one on. Um, you know, it's, it's a very, very quick process for yeah. me. Have you had to, because I know one of the nice things about a two-piece is that you have that flexibility. If you needed an, a drainable pouch versus a closed mm -hmm. pouch, have you had an instance where you've had maybe a, a virus or something, a stomach bug where you've had to have a drainable? Or I, I've had to use the drainable because like a lot of colon cancer uh, patients, um, I go in for colonoscopies uh -huh. on a fairly... Uh, <laughs> A fairly regular basis, you know, and uh, so as you uh, drink the prep solution and things like that, uh, obviously a, a closed pouch wouldn't lend itself to right. that because yeah. during that two, two and a half, three hour uh, process of the prep, you, you would have to. And so in those cases, obviously, I have uh, uh, an open mm -hmm. pouch. Drainable pouch. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Mike, can you talk us through your pouch change routine? Sure. Um, with my colostomy, you know, again, I use a, a two-piece system. So I change the barrier uh, probably every three to four days, depending uh, kind of what activities I've been doing. Um, you know, if you're in the water a lot, uh, a lot you know, swimming, boating, different things like that, um, I may change it a little more often um, because the adhesive will um, become a little compromised or deteriorate a little if you're in the water for a prolonged period of time. But about every three or four days on my uh, colostomy side, my urostomy side, I'll probably go an average of five days uh, on there between, you know, changing it. Uh, obviously on the colostomy side, I'm talking about the barrier that I change mm -hmm. every three to four days, the pouch. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I might go through one to two pouches uh, a day. Okay. And then do you use for your urostomy, um, do you use a night drainage bag? I do, yes. You do? Okay. You know, because um, on average, I, you know, I think it depends on people's intake, obviously. But uh, my urostomy, I would need to, uh, you know, drain it about every two hours. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to get a good night's sleep, um, obviously, you don't want to get up every two hours, something like that. Right. So I, I think most people use some type of uh, overnight drain mm -hmm. bag system. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not cumbersome. You know, I just uh, insert it into the bottom of my urostomy pouch. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's enough um, tubing and it's flexible enough. You know, I just hang it off the side of uh, my bed, the, uh, the drain bag. And I'm the kind of sleeper, I might, especially early on, roll to my left, roll to my right, back and forth, things like that until I get settled. And the drain bag's uh, pretty user-friendly. Like I said, I don't it doesn't tug on it or I'm not limited uh, into kind of my mobility as I move around the okay. bed a little bit. So you haven't really had to change your sleeping habits. That's a question I've gotten from. No, I, I haven't. You know, I, I early on, I, I was curious, you know, what I, I'm kind of a side sleeper and would I have to sleep on my back or, you know, my stomach or what would happen if I rolled, you know, you, you don't want it to uh, leak or all of a sudden inadvertently become, um, unattached, uh, but I haven't had that, that issue. Like I said, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very user-friendly. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's enough uh, tubing um, that it doesn't pull on it right. or anything like that, or kink or anything like that. I haven't had any okay. issues. And again, I've had it almost 11 years. Yeah. And it lets you sleep through the night. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Get up that every two, two right. or three hours, definitely. Yeah. 
So how long do you plan for each pouch change? As I said, you know, the, the pouch change on my colostomy side, if I'm simply changing the pouch and not the barrier every three or four days, as I said, I might change the pouch, you know, once, twice a day. I can probably change it in, you know, a minute, you know, something like that. Because again, it's it's kind of, you know, um, you know the Tupperware type setup, I'll refer to it. You know, I simply, um, you know, take it off. You know, there's an adhesive, but you know, you just kind of pull it off. And, uh, you know, and then I put, you know, put it in the disposable bag, put a new one on, mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of a sticky and, uh, you know, it's probably a minute. And as I said, it probably takes me as long or longer to wash my hands mm -hmm. as it does to actually change um, the pouch. Um, when I change the barrier every three to four days, um, I change it, uh, you know, prior to going in the shower. So I actually okay. take it, uh, you know, the barrier off uh, my lower abdomen, you know, that way because I, I shave around it. Some people might use a small scissor, something like that. Mm -hmm. But I'll shave around it. Um, so, you know, there's other, you, you know, uh, things you're doing in the shower to clean up. But um, it's, you know, a uh, couple minutes to change the, the barrier. And, and again, you just really, as I put the new barrier on, I just want to make sure everything is dry, clean, yep, things like that. But uh, it's pretty quick. Okay. And then the urostomy? The urostomy one is just a, a little longer. I don't change that in the shower. Um, early on, um, I would get some um, urine infections, and early on, I thought it might be from things in the environment, you know, in my bathroom or if my hands weren't clean, I was using gloves, so that would take a little time. Um, so I'm a little more sensitive on my urostomy side about making sure things are very clean and uh, like that. So it might take me, uh, you know, two minutes three minutes. Again, I don't do that in the shower, but, you know, as I take it off, I want to make sure things are, are very clean. Um, that one, again, I'll uh, shave around a, a little bit, but I'm not doing it in the shower. Um, so I, I would say, again, uh, two, maybe three minutes, something oh, okay. like that. So how does that differ from the pouch changes right after that you had surgery? And then at what point did you become like more comfortable with it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it took a prolonged uh, additional time early on. You know, I, I was slower because I wasn't as confident. Mm -hmm. um, some of the products I had early on, uh, the reason it would take longer, um, now on both uh, my colostomy and urostomy side, I use pre-cut okay. uh, to the diameter I need. But early on, I didn't even know those existed. And uh, so, you know, to kind of cut along the dotted lines, and to make sure, I'll say there wasn't any burrs from when I cut it, that I had a smooth cut in there. You know, that that took a fair amount of time. Uh, you know, it might have taken six, seven minutes, something like that, um, to, to try and use the scissors to kind of cut in a circular motion. And like I said, make sure it was smooth and there weren't any burrs. And I got it not too big, not too small. Um, so I, I would say the biggest change between now uh, and when I uh, first... Uh, immediately after my surgery would be kind of around that pre-cut and the, and the prep on that. Okay. Um, once I had the pouches cut early on, as far as taking the old one off, making sure my skin was clean, dry, you know, that was still probably just, uh, you know, one, two, maybe three mm -hmm. minutes. But it, uh, again, if people can use a pre-cut, it, uh, it saves a lot of time. Absolutely. Like a lot of new skills, you learn them and it becomes easier 
the more you do it. Right. Yeah. And it kind of gets back to that, uh, what we talked about earlier. I, I didn't have a lot of resources to go to, so I didn't know there were, you know, pre-cut. Mm -hmm. and, and really, my supplier didn't tell me. I just kind of ordered things that I was, uh, you know, uh, dismissed from the hospital with. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what I knew I knew, and I, I didn't know anymore. And, uh, again, I, I found out through the ostomy group about the pre-cut. And, uh, again, for people who can use that, which is the majority of people, it's uh, it, it just makes things a, a lot quicker and a lot easier, especially at times if you have to use a public facility. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just for our audience, usually a, a pre-cut is something that you can look at using once you're swelling of your stoma has gone down from that post-operative period because there's some changes in Correct. the size initially. And so you want to wait until that um, period has yep. kind of ended and then you can move to that pre-cut. But you're right, it's such a great option for people. Yeah. So usually stents, and speaking and referring to your urostomy, so usually stents are only in for a short period of time, but you have long-term stents uh, in place. Is there any challenges with pouching because of the stents? And maybe talk a little bit about why sure. you ended up with those um, stents. You're correct. You know, a lot of people, when I had my urostomy the first, uh, you know, uh, couple of weeks in the hospital, and then maybe the first uh, 10 days when I was home, I still had stints. They were, they were different than the stints I had now, and they were just to kind of, um, I think, keep the flow open in my ureters and things like that, you know, because uh, due to some of the swelling and things that happen immediately after surgery, the inflammation. But um, about three years after my surgery, my original surgery, uh, so about 2012, that radiation that I had had caused scar tissue in my ureters. And so I, as you mentioned, I have permanent stints and I've had them now for about eight years and I have two of them, both in my left and right uh, ureter and then up into my kidneys. And they're about uh, uh, 16 inches long or about 45 uh, centimeters and I have them replaced every 60 days. But what's different about that is uh, there's um, there's some kind of what they call locks on the end of them. They're like a small piece of, of Lego and they're on the external part of the 16 inches of my body. I now have those uh, removed, but to put those in the back of the, the pouch can be a little bit of a challenge and then the pouch doesn't lay uh, quite as flat uh, either. So that could be a, a little bit of a, a challenge on there. Um, one of the good things on there, because with the stints, the urine is directed more towards the mid pouch than really uh, having the urine come right out of my stoma. I can probably wear my urostomy pouch a little longer than people when I said, you know, five days, something like that, because really the urine, by not coming out of the stoma and not really getting on the adhesive on the back of my barrier, and really having the urine get to the mid pouch mm -hmm. through those stints, uh, it, it prolongs the life of my urostomy barrier yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, because um, I would typically say that we see that same as your colostomy, like the three to four day wear mm -hmm. time for a urostomy typically. Right. But like you said, because of those stents, yeah. you're able to get that five. Yeah. Five so that, that, that's a little bit uh, different than most people as far as putting the urostomy. Um, pouch or barrier. Again, I use a one piece, so the, the pouch and the barrier are all the same, but it's a, a little different, you know, with the uh, stints and threading them in the, in the back on there. Um, and again, just making sure everything is dry, um, you know, when I uh, apply the, the pouch and the barrier there. 
So in closing, and we could go, I could ask you hundreds of questions on this, but in closing, what are some long-term adaptations that you've made with your two ostomies? Um, you know, I've been very fortunate and I think it depends, you know, on the individual, of, you know, you can make this a big deal and, and a life-changing deal, which it is, you know, but I think the magnitude of how it impacts your life is, is up to you a little bit. Um, you know, and again, I have two. Um, I think some of the bigger uh, changes that I've had is just to kind of be prepared. I, I'm very active. I, I golf a lot. I ski a lot. I play a lot of tennis. I bike. I travel for work and for uh, personal leisure, too. We're actually um, going to talk about that in future podcasts. All right. We'll get to that. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's important just to be prepared. And I, I make sure I have supplies in any of the things. It might be my saddlebag on my bike. It might be my golf bag. It might be my ski bag. Um, when I when I travel um, with the airlines, you know, airlines are pretty good now about not losing your bag. But Murphy's Law would be the first time I didn't split up, you know, some things into check baggage and carry on. Uh, that would be the first time probably they would lose it. So it's it's kind of like the old adage, you know, diversification and don't put all your eggs in one basket. I just kind of make sure I have supplies, um, you know, in uh, my car, actually in my wife's car in case I'm in there. And then, like I said, in my sports bags or activities that I do. So that that's one of the things uh, to really uh, adapt with. And then I'm pretty fortunate with my diet. As I said, I really have all my upper and probably 95, 90% of my lower GI. So I don't really have any diet restrictions, but I think like with most, uh, again, Crohn's, colitis, colon cancer, rectal cancer, different things, um, you know, there's different foods that will seem to pass through you quicker. Um, for me, sometimes it could be uh, soup, chili, um, you know, greasier foods. If I'm out at a, a dinner, work function, different things like that, um, I'll probably stay away from some of those foods that I know for me are going to pass through quicker. Um, and I think for different people, it's a little different. I have friends, uh, ostomates who maybe it's cauliflower, maybe it's broccoli, some of the things that can cause people to be a little gassier. Um, so I think people uh, pretty quickly know what kind of foods will either pass through them or uh, maybe agree with them a little more or others. So that's one of the things you adapt with. But um, there hasn't been anything major. Like I said, you just make sure you have supplies readily available, you know, in the event you need them. And uh, again, it, it can change a little bit per person on your diet. And I think that uh, that's probably something people have to adapt to a little bit. A question I get a lot, you know, is around air travel and TSA, things like that. But, uh, you know, early on, uh, you know, the TSA wasn't maybe as well versed in some of the medical products and things like that. Once we went to uh, screeners, you know, and transitioned from the metal detectors. But I would tell anybody now who travels a lot, whether you're TSA pre-check or you're not, um, it's not something to worry about. You know, it's uh, pretty uneventful. Wonderful words of wisdom. Mike, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. No, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us/professional.